Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On the left wing for the win! He shoots and scores! 5-4 into 10 in home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Oh, it's the show that's been called a lot like the Planet of the Apes, except with a happy ending, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is Thursday night football. How appropriate. 49ers just got a touchdown. They lead the Giants 10-3 halfway through the second quarter. Blue Jays trying to beat the Yankees again. Not looking good at the moment. Top of the eighth at Yankee Stadium. It is 5-0 for New York. Oilers training camp is underway. We have plenty to tell you about that. And the Edmonton Elks getting set to tangle with the BC Lions tomorrow. My goodness, it's on 6.30 chat. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. The game is at 7.30. Brendan Escott and Blake Dermott, your lead hosts for the countdown to kickoff. The color commentator is Dave Campbell. The sideline reporter is David Bowles. And the play-by-play guru is this gentleman, my good friend Morley Scott. Morley, how are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you, sir? I am doing very well. Thanks for popping on the show tonight. Hey, uh, I, I wanted to, uh, before we dive into the elk stuff, and there's a lot to talk about there. And obviously, they're playing a lot better lately. I want to uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Doug Waite. He's going into the Oilers Hall of Fame. The official induction will be uh, October 26th. He and Charlie Huddy also selected. Uh, you were uh, covering the Oilers on the broadcast crew when Doug Waite was uh, well the best player on the team. Uh, at least non-goaltender. Uh, they had a couple good goalies while he was there as yep. well. But uh, what, what do you remember most about Doug Waiter? Do you have a story that stands out, uh, uh, you know, t- over 20 years later? Yeah, I really enjoyed Doug Waite. He was one of the favorite athletes that I've worked with in my career because uh, he was he, he, he was a, he was the whole package. I mean, he did everything. He he, he sold you a merchandise. He, uh, he sold you tickets. He won you games. Uh, he was uh, a, a good guy in the community that everybody liked, and he was a good interview. And uh, it, he was the complete package to me, real, a real good guy to work with and be around all the time. Um, my Probably my favorite story is the day he became an order, the trade with the New York Rangers. I don't know. He talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's just such a great story with, with him find, being woken up from his uh, nap in the hotel where they had a day room to rest, and he was told he was traded to Edmonton. And he's like, well, they're playing Edmonton tonight, aren't we? And uh, he ended up having to do the, uh, as he called it, the shopping cart walk with all his stuff going from the Rangers dressing room to the Oilers dressing room, unless Satikin was going the other way. And, and, then, and then off of that, because... 
that was what 1993 I believe and you know there's no cell phones back then uh, and uh, his his girlfriend uh, was out shopping and she came to the game later and she couldn't find Doug in the pregame skate she's looking she can't find him anywhere and then he walks up and, and he kind of gets in front of her and says hi and he's wearing an Oilers jersey and she had no idea what had happened uh, during the day so uh, that's kind of cool and then he, he always told a story about how he uh, didn't know anybody on the team and and he gets uh, he sits down on uh, in the dressing room and he starts to you know look at the roster of guys and and he asked whoever was sitting beside him he asked where's this Sean Podine from because if you'll recall Sean Podine's his name was spelled S H J O N I believe yeah. and uh, the answer was uh, Minnesota <laughs> uh, so he he didn't know he was an American as well um, but yeah those, those uh, that story and hearing Doug Wade tell that story a couple of times has has always been been pretty pretty comical but he was a guy who to me in my books could do it all and he's except for the guys who play now who obviously still have a chance he's the best oiler who never won a cup in an oiler uniform and uh, the only reason that anybody in Edmonton could be happy in 2006 was well, at least Doug Wade got a cup right? yeah that's right I think injured uh, for the for game seven yeah. but yeah was on the Carolina Hurricanes and the one thing I remember about Doug Wade and for the people who didn't see him play they'll go back and look at the stats and some pretty good numbers in a lower scoring era but I also remember if there there was a scrum, and Doug was on the ice. He was right in there defending his teammates or, or, or mixing up. I mean, he wasn't one of those skilled guys who, ah, you know, that's not for me, or I'll go stand there and grab another guy who doesn't want to do anything. He, he was right in there mixing it up. I remember the night in uh, San Jose when he went after his old teammate at the, then, uh, Brian Marchman, who uh, I know this may surprise you, but much put his knee out on a hit on uh, on Doug Waite. He didn't like it, and he got up and went right after him. He got about 45 minutes in penalties that night chasing down uh, Brian Marchman. So, yeah, he, he uh, stood up for himself. He stood up for his teammates as well. And a little-known fact that about Doug Waite, well, I guess it's not that little-known, we used to do a show together on the pregame show. We called it Wait a Minute, uh, obviously spelt as his name was and and uh, we would do that show and he would he would interview different guys on the team or or different people in the organization or uh he would interview he did some fans a couple of times as well so uh he, he was good i'm uh you know he's still in hockey i think he's working for san jose now right and his, yep. and his buddy mike greer uh but i always thought doug Waite would make a terrific analyst on broadcasts and a, and a terrific broadcaster because he had the, he had the gift never met a microphone he didn't like he had the gift and maybe someday he'll end up doing that but uh, right now i guess he's still in management yeah very well spoken just hearing his media availability yesterday and then he was on with staff a couple hours ago so yeah good, good for him and a lot of positive memories there for sure Morley Scott joining us on Inside Sports uh, the Elks creating some positive memories I don't know if it's going to be the ultimate positivity by the end of the year because we still know what the record is but uh, man oh man what a change I mean the rushing yards 205 yards per game over the last six and it's it's obviously not all Trey Ford we've seen new energy here from Kevin Brown and from the offensive line yeah, Kevin Brown has been terrific the last two games uh, and has been overshadowed because of the way the games went and because of a Trey Ford. But he's got over 300 yards in the last two games rushing and has been just spectacular. And, and he's just he's just turned turned it up a, a level. I was talking to Trey Ford today, and he just said he's just in beast mode right now. He's just doing everything right. And, and he, he'll he'll cut in a phone booth and get open, or he'll he'll knock a guy over and keep going. He's, he's finding holes. He's making holes. He's dancing. He's doing everything. 
and and he's putting up some big yards. You mentioned uh, the the run game for the Elks. Did you know they are now first in the CFL for uh, rushing yep. average yards per game at 133? Uh, uh, so that that part of their game has really taken off in the last uh, in the last six weeks, and you can tie that to, to Trey Ford. You can also tie that to the fact that even when they went into that uh, uh, stretch and it was a game against Winnipeg at home, Chris Jones is saying we're going to be a run first team, and they have become that. The O line's gotten better. Uh, Trey Ford's helped, and of course, as as we mentioned, Kevin Brown's been so good. All right, so they play the BC Lions. Now, look, it, it almost feels like it's not even... I, I know two shutouts in a CFL season is almost impossible, and the, it did happen, but it almost feels like... Well, not almost. It feels like it's not even the same team. I mean, it, it feels like a whole new season almost, even though it isn't, because the Elks are different. BC is still very good. I, I realize I could be eating my words in about 26 hours. But I also feel like the Lions aren't quite as good as they were. And I know it's a long year. There are ebbs and flows. Uh, they lost to Hamilton. They, they lost in Saskatchewan. They probably should have lost to Ottawa, though credit for the, for yep. the comeback. So I, I'm kind of curious to see if, if this is the same caliber of BC team that we saw in, in the first few weeks of the season. And I will say this, Reed. To me, the BC Lions are one of the biggest surprises of the season this year. I did not think they would be this good. I thought they'd be fighting for a playoff spot and be around a 500 team right now uh, because they lost a lot of good players after last season. They had a great year last year. And then, you know, they lost Nathan Rourke. Uh, they lost Lucius uh, Purifoy. Uh, they lost Brian Burnham. They lost four or five of their best players last year and were somehow made, uh, have been able to survive that. I still think they've been playing a above what they should be but they're playing there and they're getting wins they're nine and four so they're a good football team this year uh their defense doesn't give up a lot of yards they don't give up many points their their offense as we saw in the fourth quarter can light it up when they have to they've got some some real great playmakers in their receiving core uh they're they're a good team they're better than i thought they would be they're a good team having a really good year and they're going to be a challenge for the elks uh, tomorrow night there's no doubt about that and, and it's going to be interesting to see if the elks can can raise the bar because we've talked so much about that stretch of games where they played they had to win against the teams that they're chasing they had to beat Hamilton they did they had to beat Ottawa they did uh, they had to beat Calgary they, they beat them one out of the two games uh, then they went in and beat Saskatchewan okay so they've beaten those teams now it's stepping up a little bit now it's going from those teams who have you know three four five six wins to those to a team now that has nine wins and has been pretty good and pretty consistent all season long so we'll see Maybe just how much the Elks have improved from when uh, they made all the changes uh, coming out of the bye week uh, and and into that Winnipeg game. They're four and two in those games, but this will be after the Winnipeg game when to start it. This will be the toughest competition they've faced in a while. Uh, does anybody do and this website I'm going to refer doesn't even always do the NHL consistently anymore. That Sports Club Stats website. I know the CFL themselves had an article but i don't know if they're doing every every, do it every week with playoff probabilities and i know you explained to me the elks could be eliminated this weekend if all four games go exactly a certain way like i just keep saying it's a slim chance of making the playoffs that gained a little bit of weight with the win over saskatchewan um oh here's cfl simulation is this it odds to make the playoffs Elks are at eight percent. That's that's actually higher than I thought it would be. As optimistic as I've been lately about their play, <laughs> I mean a lot of things got it. So there you go, eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Ottawa is lower. There at seven point. I think 
I think one of the problems that the Elks have is they don't know who they're chasing for a playoff spot, right? Because Hamilton and Montreal have uh, are tied for second place with six wins, so they're chasing one of those two teams. They have a game with Montreal coming up later uh, uh, in their final four, or maybe they're chasing Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. And and don't forget, uh, they got six wins, and, and don't forget about Calgary sitting there. They're tied with the Elks, and they also have the tiebreaker over the Elks like Saskatchewan does, and the Eastern teams also have the tiebreaker because of, of in the, that's part of the crossover rule. So uh, I think that's that's part of the issue. Um, they don't know who they're chasing right now. That'll become maybe more clear in the next couple of weeks if they can keep winning and, and stay in the race. But bottom line is they got to look after their own business. And I, I've talked to a couple of players about it and, and head coach Chris Jones, and, and they know that the scoreboard's a big part of it. And they know that it's just human nature to watch the scoreboard. But they also know watching the scoreboard doesn't matter if you don't win, right? So you got to focus on, on your job. Control what you can control is the old sports saying, right? And go out and win your game and then see what happens after that okay so the best case scenario this weekend is obviously the elks win we need ottawa to beat sask to keep saskatchewan yep. at six wins yep. we need montreal to win in calgary uh no actually uh well if montreal wins that game in calgary then the elks can't catch them uh if they lose so uh you know so there's so many uh, com- right but if the elks right? if the elks beat bc and calgary loses the elks pass calgary because then yes, the tiebreaker doesn't that, matter yeah that okay. would be good yeah that would be good and toronto and, uh, obviously and, needs to beat hamilton yeah and toronto needs to beat hamilton and if the elks lose and saskatchewan wins montreal wins and hamilton wins it's over so which is, basically which is, here's which what is kind of sad, really, when you think about it. I mean, we spent the first uh, half of the season kind of waiting for the end to come, right? And it never looked like they were going to win a game again. And now all of a sudden, six games later, we're thinking, oh, man, it's just a shame well, that see, they got going so late because they're just so close and so much yeah. better right now. Well, yeah, I, f- I forgot Hamilton has caught up to Montreal. See, I, I, to me, I would sooner have Edmonton win and Calgary lose because then you outright have passed Calgary. Yeah, and then but then you can only catch Hamilton. It, well, again, it's if the Elks lose, if, right? Yeah. If Montreal wins, they go to seven wins, and most of the Elks can get right now is eight. So you're you're cutting. Uh, it might be a clearer path to the west, uh, to the east, than to the west, right? Um, but all right, you know, we'll see how it plays. I think maybe after this weekend and the next weekend, we'll have more of an idea of, of who they're actually chasing. And I think that's where that's where it makes it difficult now to who do you who do you want to win that Montreal Calgary game? Well, we don't really know because we don't know if they're trying to get if they're making the playoffs in the East or they're trying to make the playoffs in the West. And it all depends on how things fold out unfold this weekend. All right, Morley, thanks for your time, man. Uh, look forward to seeing you at the stadium tomorrow. All right, Reed. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, Morley Scott from the Elks uh, again. So there's the there's the actual percentage. The Elks have a uh, according to CFL.ca and the simulations, eight point one seven percent chance of making the postseason, which is better than zero, which what it looked like it was going to be at this time of year. All right, you can check in tonight, of course, at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro, the way you can email me as well. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. Uh, we'll get to some of your messages. You'll hear from uh, Trey Ford, Chris Jones, uh, from Jay Woodcroft as camp gets underway, from Sam Gagne, from Brandon Sutter, all coming up. Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Ched. That is an excellent guitar riff. Oilers Fan Day in partnership with Global Edmonton and 630 Chet is back on Saturday. That's September 23rd, or in two days. 
Fan day hours from 10.30 in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon. There's a locker room sale in Fort Hall. There's an open practice starting at 11 a.m. At 12.30, there's an alumni autograph session with Craig McTavish and Steve McIntyre. There's an alumni hot stove with those two gentlemen at 1.30. And at 2 o'clock, there's a hot stove with two current Oilers, Kulak and CeCe. Go to the Oilers website or Google Oilers Fan Day. Get all that information. Good stuff. I'll be hanging around there as well, covering the practice. 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. Doug Waite going into the Oilers Hall of Fame. The inductees, he and Charlie Huddy, were announced yesterday. Ceremonies uh, coming up on October 26th uh, before the game against the Rangers. Uh, good interview Stoff had with Doug Waite on uh, Oilers Now, which is now 5-7 to seven every day here on 630 Chet. Here's what Doug Waite uh, had to say about Connor McDavid. What makes people great in a lot of situations is you can play with the puck at top speed or even gain speed and your mind doesn't slow down. That doesn't mean that you can skate 32 miles an hour like he can, you know. So for him to be able to do it at his speed and the way he thinks the game and really uh, the way he can distribute as well as score, uh, you see it from a lot of great players that come through the league saying, i got to shoot more, I'm going to score. You know, Sidney says he's going to score more next year. He scores 55 goals. You know, like the great players do it. And he, uh, he comes back with something every year, and he's better at it. And uh, credit to Connor and, and uh, the type of person he is and the uh, type of leader he is, too, as well. And uh, he's got a pretty good cohort there. Yeah. Uh, but it's a difficult job, you know, and it, it takes timing. It takes health. Uh, take some bounces here and there. I think we all know that. And um, But uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to get it done because they're just that good. Well, let's hope so. A little bit from Doug Waite there talking about the Oilers and their captain, Connor McDavid. So training camp underway today. Uh, you probably heard Stoff mention uh, on his show, and we were talking a little bit, Connor Brown and Connor McDavid are on the same line with Evander Kane. Yeah, I think they want to get rolling with that, but you, you know how I feel with line combinations. Of course, they're interesting and they're important. But they change all the time. But, yeah, maybe those two guys together out of the gate, see how Connor Brown can get going. Pretty exciting prospect, uh, I think. Well, I think mostly for Connor Brown. He's the guy that's going to get to play with him. Brandon Sutter is here on a PTO. His story, long COVID, hasn't played for two seasons. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft on Sutter. Quite a story, isn't it? Um, you never want to see anybody go through what he's gone through over the last couple of years in trying to figure out and diagnose exactly what was going on with him. Um, and then, you know, I think he's in a spot right now where he's feeling really good physically. He did well on physical conditioning. He's looked good in the skate. And, you know, he's one of these guys we're talking about competition for, for lineup spots and, um, you know, a legit area to make our team. He's, he's right there in the mix. And, He's got to feel good about, because you don't just walk back into being competitive for an NHL roster spot. He uh, he's put a lot of work in uh, once he he figured some health issues out, and you know I'm sure he's quite pleased with uh, that this day has come and that he's got through it and he's moving on to the next one. And here's how Sutter recounted his recovery going through long COVID. The hardest part was just figuring out for the longest time what was there actually wrong. And uh, once I got that kind of narrowed down, I was able to work through it. It just took uh, a long time to get there. And, um, the last probably eight months, six, eight months, was when I noticed uh, I started noticing a difference. I started feeling like myself again and got my breath back. I had this horrible shortness of breath for, for about two years. And um, Once I got able to get that back, started training again, and 
uh, just kept improving and improving and uh, kind of hit a point this summer I said July I'm gonna start skating like like I like I can like I normally would for a normal season and uh, um, after about three or four weeks I was pretty confident yeah Sam Gagne also on a PTO as is Adam Ernie uh, Ken Holland spoke pretty highly of Adam Ernie yesterday Gagne getting through that double hip surgery he explained uh, five months into a six months process and we're not going to see him in a preseason game he'll probably wind up getting uh, some sort of tryout deal to go play for Bakersfield uh, kind of like what happened with Jason Demers last year okay more from you more on the Oilers and the Elks Tim Enger from Football Alberta coming up as well it's Inside Sports on Chet